We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome on into the Get Right. My name is Alec Medford, joined by, as always, Reggie Atatula. What up? Rigo Mendoza is holding things down for you tonight all the way until 11 o'clock. Thank you so much for sticking with us through the Cowboys Hour. With DeMarvian Overshow, nice to hear from the rookie linebacker after what we hoped would have been a promising rookie season came to a screeching halt. Nice to hear him in great spirits and uh, get to know him a little bit more. But now... It is time for your favorite live and local broadcast here mm. on the night times in the mighty Metroplex. Got Monday night football. We got some hoops on. We got a lot to get to here in the next three hours. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053. Right. Easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of talking in the past three days. A lot of talking. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about here tonight as we got coaches getting the boot. We've got Cowboys content. We've got a Mavs conversation to have. Uh, AM on the FM returns to the evenings for the first time hey, in what feels like a million excited for that. years. Uh, sharing time, my more than, geez, maiden voyage. I'm trying to combine words now because, you know, that's a thing. Look, it's all uh, good. It's the nighttime. Um, if I was running point like you are on this evening, I'd be fumbling words myself. Nope, no big deal. We're, it, we're here to have a good time. It happens. It happens. Uh, and you can have a good time with us on the Twitch and YouTube as well, Dallas Fan Cam. On Twitch, 105 Through the Fan on YouTube, and you can get involved with any and all of the conversations here tonight. Plenty to get to. We're going to start off our conversations here uh, with some playoff previews, if you will. A look at the playoff picture for the Dallas Cowboys and the NFC specifically. As if things were to get started today in the postseason you would be looking at the number five seed for the Dallas Cowboys. And what does that mean? Well, that means you're hitting the road. Where are you going? You're going to Atlanta, and you're playing the Atlanta Falcons. So, 877-881-1053, let us know. Are you okay with where things stand right now as the Eagles keep on piling on wins? They get their uh, 10th win of the season yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. You're kind of staring down the barrel of having to win out if you're the Cowboys, if you're trying to look at the NFC East picture uh, because the Eagles are just finding ways to win one-score games. I have plenty of thoughts about that, but my prevailing thought here is I'm just trying to hold on for dear life for the five seed because oh wow so you are in fact resigned to the cowboys in the five seed i am absolutely resigned to the cowboys in the five seed and there's a few different reasons uh there's only one factor of this that actually really scares me 
And that's the fact that they would be on the road because they've been so good at home for the most part this season. It's been utter blowouts. Uh, I love seeing the Cowboys play AT&T Stadium, and I would love that in the first round of the playoffs. But if you're going to go against a team in the playoffs where it matters the most, I would not mind it being the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, the reason why, obviously, this question comes up is you see Monday Night Football and maybe one of the better chances at uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, who currently lead the NFC East, I know that's not fun to hear, but I mean it is the case. And they had a there was a chance, there was a challenge. You you had Josh Allen throwing the football incredibly well. It played an incredibly good game outside of a single turnover that was just a really bad uh, decision. Yeah. Um. And this was yet another one of those instances where the Eagles kind of got away with it. Right. They have just been a team that have found ways to win even when they've looked um, gettable. And so I know that there's a lot of Cowboys fans out there, and particularly on Twitter, which I understand is not its not necessarily the entirety of the world, but I think it can be somewhat uh, illustrative of what's happening. And I saw folks out there that are like, oh, man, trying to find where you can get that loss back with the Eagles, and then maybe you can you know, even this up once the Cowboys then take on Philadelphia here in a week or two. And so with that being the case, like after you see the Bills give it their best shot and not be able to get anything done and you look up and this team is now this Eagles team is now 10 and 1 and you know they they they're kind of cruising through what is supposed to be a tough portion of their schedule before they hit the likes of um let me see what we've got going. They've got the they've still got the Niners coming up, but then they got the Seahawks and they get the Giants, Cardinals, Giants, right? Like they end the season with some a really easy schedule. And so it's, it made me wonder, like, are you just in a place where you're like, look, let's be honest, that that number one or not even number one, but getting a first round buy might be out of uh, out of the realm of possibilities. Getting that NFC East uh, win might be out of the realm of possibility. And I, I'm still holding out hope because um, we've seen this year in particular. And I felt like early on in the season, I looked up and I was like, wait, is this going to be one of those years where like nobody's particularly like good? Yeah. And not quite, right? You have some teams that are good. However, everybody has their losses, right? I know that when we talk about the Cowboys, because it's close, we've talked about these losses that are, you know, obviously you had the ways in which the Niners embarrassed you in front of company. You had the ways in which you just gave up a bad one to Arizona. You played with Philadelphia pretty well, but ultimately came up on the bad side of it. And then you look at the wins that you have, and they're all against teams that are under 500. And with that being the case, People are looking around and like, that doesn't mean anything, right? That's a bad loss. And we talk about those things, but you look around and all these teams that we look at as good have a bad loss or two on their resume. And you're like, all right, so are the Eagles going to get that? And they're just not necessarily. However, they they could succumb to the same thing that you've seen the Cowboys succumb to with Arizona. You've seen the Niners succumb to. You've seen good teams have kind of head-scratching losses. And so I'm still holding out hope that maybe that happens but some of that still feels like naivete when I see the way that the Eagles are getting this done because that's a pretty well-made roster. That's a really well-made roster. And ultimately, even when they don't play up to their best potential, they are still good enough to be able to get those, you know, get out of uh, get out of the jams that they've put themselves in. Yeah, the one-score games have been absolutely just pivotal for the Eagles. And the point differential is a whole conversation that's been had about them and you know, it, it just feels like the perfect regular season roster to me. That You mentioned the roster construction over there in Philadelphia. Howie Roseman's work is just phenomenal. You know, it's a very complete roster. There's not many places that you point towards and say, hey, uh, that's a place that they can get got. You know, there's guys that can give up plays, but there's not guys that are going to lose you games necessarily. And 
that's cut. I, I'm I'm really torn because I've kind of gone back and forth with it, especially after watching the Eagles this weekend. And you know, against the Chiefs, you're seeing it against premier competition that you know they're finding ways to win when it matters. So I've I'm thinking for the regular season, for the most part, I'm just looking at what's next outside of a one seed, outside of a first round by yeah. outside of the division. It's hard not to for me. I always hold hold out hope to some extent. I always do, not just for the Dallas Cowboys, but for any team in the NFL, because we see weird implosions happen a lot. I mean, we were talking before crosstalk with G-Bag earlier to Broadus. Yes. He was like, looking at this AFC South, there's teams that were supposed to be awful this year, and they're all really competitive. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts lost their quarterback, their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, for the season. He only played a few games, and they're still out here winning football games with Gardner Minshew. Yeah. You know, so I hold out hope, and I reserve that right to backtrack a little bit to some extent, but I'll eat my crow if I'm wrong. I just think that you need to start putting together the quality wins and not really worrying about what lies ahead of you in terms of sure. playoff seeding. If you can just start getting me the wins, I don't think I care about the seeding as much as I do the level of play, if that makes sense. Because if you start not caring about the seeding, you're probably going to start moving up in the seeding and having to play oh, a you, better team. You subscribe to the theory, don't think about it, it'll come to you? Is that where you're yes, at? Yes, absolutely. Well, I think I think that this is where the two, you know, the two conversations converge because one of the th- reasons, one of the things that gives me a little bit of hope, I'm able to hold out a little bit of hope, is that you're seeing the style of play change, right? Early on in the season when this team was winning and obviously beating teams that a lot of people looked at and said, you know, were willing to scoff at or, you know, kind of wave away, It was in part because you were doing it in such a fashion where the defense was dominant, right? We understood that to be the case, but the offense was not doing things that made you feel confident in it. Over the stretch of games since the the bye week, you've seen a style of offense, a a, a, a flavor of offense that makes you go, hey man, this looks like a team that can be dominant. This looks like a team that if the defense maybe is not being otherworldly, not being nickname worthy, not being historical at times, which we haven't necessarily seen, but if they're in that place, the offense looks like they're capable of saying, okay, we need to turn it to another gear. We need to get the ball down the field. We need to get chunk plays, things of that nature, which we did not see early on in the season. And that makes me look up and go, okay, maybe now you have the capability and the, the possibilities of, uh, one, beating Philadelphia, which that's that would be the start if you wanted to get some better seating. But then two, actually being the threat that this Cowboys team needs to be in the postseason. I think that's where all this conversation is, right? Yeah. Having the right seating is not just to be able to hold to hold that up and say, yeah, we won the NFC East, which is great, right? And not just being able to say we are, we are in this position. It's to give you a better opportunity to achieve the ultimate goal for these Cowboys, which is going deep in the playoffs. And part of that has just been play style as well. Being the type of team that you can depend on night in, night out, right, week in, week out, to come and play a type of game where you know you're capable of competing in a real way against a good team. At that point, I'm just wondering, I'm looking at the rest of the playoff seeding, and I'm starting to think, if you were to move up, where would you want to go? Because if you move up... Obviously, one spot you just flip spots with Atlanta, but if you move up, into but I, that, I don't know, I don't know that you can end up in that spot with Atlanta, right? If you win the division, you that's were true. That's right, true. you're you're going to have to have a record that puts you up in that place where you probably have. Well, I mean, obviously the ones he gets to buy, but you yeah. probably are in a place where you're going to get a very advantageous, favorable matchup, and of course, the biggest portion of that is you're playing at home. And as you detailed earlier, this team has been gangbusters yeah. at AT and T Stadium. 
man, because I'm starting to look around the rest of the playoff seating. I'm like, obviously, Minnesota, they're playing uh, Monday Night Football right now. They're down three to nothing to the Bears, which... Ugh, this is a barn burner of a game, not. Uh, but other teams in the NFC like are starting to show their weaknesses as well, like the Detroit Lions. We saw it on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, things kind of implode there with them against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, you talked about earlier in the segment that, you know, kind of thought at the beginning of the year this might be one of those years where teams are just kind of good, not great. And we're starting to see some of that in the bottom echelon, the one and the two. We know who they are in the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. We know the 49ers are a juggernaut, and the Eagles are just a team that is gritty and going to win no matter what the circumstance is. Outside of that, I really don't know, and that's where I'm ready for the Cowboys to take that next step and to start as early as this Thursday going against the winning teams, which then there's going to be the person that says, hey, if you beat the Seattle Seahawks, they're not a a winning team anymore. They're at 500. I get it. But... Uh, if you can start with Seattle, then you can really start to have some advantages going into this and try to get that advantageous matchup in the first round of the playoffs. So I think I am resigning to the Cowboys in the fifth seed, but I'm open for conversation. Which is funny because it feels like if you're if you're what, 11 weeks or 12 weeks into a season and you look up and you go, damn. This is all that we can get. You would think that that would mean that you are pretty down on a team. And I don't know that that's where anybody, well, I shouldn't speak for everyone because that's sincerely not fair, particularly speaking to Cowboys Nation, which is is not a monolith by any means. You get far different stretches of, you know, people's feelings on this team. But I think that a lot of people that look at this team would not have the feeling of, damn, this team has a cap. This team can't be a certain, you know, thing. I think you look at it and go, even if you are resigned to, the fifth seed is probably where you are. I think there's still reasons to look up and be like, but I still think the Cowboys can get the job done. The job being making a deep run. They're still going to have to show you something. And that begins, as you mentioned, with Thursday uh, Thursday night against the Seattle Seahawks, actually going and beating a team that has some level of expectation coming into the game. But I think that there there is a – I'm still in a place where I can see someone resigning to the fifth seed and still looking up and being like, this Cowboys team – is one of the better ones uh, of the last couple of years and has an opportunity to really uh, show you something in the postseason because that's what it's about for this, for them. It does feel odd to feel so high about a five seed, but hey, <laughs> I'll, 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 ta- I'll take what I can get because this is the best I've felt about the Cowboys all season. So again, Thursday is the date. The Cowboys hosting the Seattle Seahawks at AT&T Stadium. You can hear all of the coverage right here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. We are off and running here on the get right on 105.3 The Fan until 11 o'clock today. And coming up next, got a bombshell today, not too shocking. Frank Reich has been hired, uh, hired. Fired. See, English is great today. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, what's next for Carolina? Who will get hired? And who's going to be the next to get the boot? We'll talk about it next on The Fan. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Franklin Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Franklin Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck tricks in the DFW. And if your loved one have been injured in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817-333-3333. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3, the fan about to get into the mess that is the Carolina Panthers and the <laughs> NFL coaching carousel. 
That and more in just a moment. Alec Medford and Reggie Atatua with you until 11 o'clock tonight. If you have any kind of implications fantasy-wise or fandom-wise in Monday Night Football, uh, we are at the two-minute warning coming out of it. And it is three to nothing in favor of the Chicago Bears. Lots Shout of out scoring. Will Chambers. Yeah. Uh, I needed to stay like this, honestly, because I'm playing Peyton Russell in our fan fantasy league. And nobody cares about your fantasy yeah, league. Yeah, nobody cares, but I care about embarrassing Peyton. Fair enough. I, I think actually more people care about that in particular than like just the idea of your fantasy league in particular. Uh, so, you know, be, with that being the case, are you currently doing the job of embarrassing him? We are currently doing the job because uh, Peyton and I are having a generational mid-off, if you will. Ah. Uh, we have scored a combined 140 points or so. I'm beating Peyton by five right now because he has TJ Hawkinson and I have Jordan Addison. Excellent. So, Very fun. This is uh, this is going to be annoying to keep track of throughout the rest of the show today. But what's going to be fun to keep track of the rest of the season going into the offseason? Who knows how long it's going to take to figure all this out? The coaching carousel in the NFL got started uh, today, really, because well, that's, that's not even true. I thought that myself and I was like, oh, wow, the first domino. I was like, oh, wait, remember when Josh McDaniel got fired? A few weeks yeah, back. Yeah, that did like, happen. We, we, this feels like it gets started earlier and earlier. And I understand that uh, Frank Wright gets fired in Carolina today and he only gets 11 games, which I believe is the shortest tenure of a head coach, like a non-interim head coach since 1978. Um, something like that. And so, yeah, yeah it's still short-lived, but somehow still not the first guy that got fired this year. Very odd. Yeah, and it's so much has happened since the Josh McDaniels thing across the league that it's hard to even keep up with. Like it, like you said, it's happening earlier and earlier every year. But Frank Reich was given the cardboard box and told to clean out his office today. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's getting ugly out there in Carolina as he brought in a guy like Josh McCown. He brought in some other experienced assistant coaches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. David Tepper, the owner, new ownership. Like, let's be aggressive. Let's get some you know, seasoned guys in the building. I mean, they've got Jim Caldwell in there doing senior advisory stuff for them and everything. Jim so Caldwell, good coach. In yeah. fact, like, they, they have a lot of dudes on their coaching staff that I view as good coaches. Yeah, and it just didn't seem to all mesh together the way that they had expected. Bryce Young's development hasn't gone the way that Tepper, the owner, has wanted to see. The offense hasn't been there. The special teams and the defense has been pretty solid for the most part. And going into the Cowboys matchup for the Carolina Panthers, their defense was like number nine in the NFL overall. So there were some overperforming pieces that were not on the offense, and that's kind of Frank Reich's thing, if you didn't know. So he got the boot. So what's next for the Lions and the rest of the NFL coaching carousel? And starting with I, the I Lions. Ma- yeah, I was like, I imagine you said the Lions because the first name that has come up uh, because he is the golden boy of this next cycle, it seems like, is Ben Johnson. Absolutely. Offensive coordinator who's out there. Uh, obviously, Jared Goff, I, I, sometimes I talk about him in kind of like a dismissive way, and I want it to be understood. I understand the level of good that he is. He just has a ceiling, which is why Sean McVay moved on from him in L.A. But the ways in which Sean Mc- or, sorry, Jared Goff has been good is because when you have an offensive coordinator that puts him in the right positions to succeed, he can do so very well. And that's what Ben Johnson has done. Really focused on play action, allowed, uh, which allows Jared Goff to be good. Don't go look at those numbers the last couple of weeks. It won't, it won't uh, confirm what I'm saying, but you get what I mean over the course <laughs> of the entirety of the season. They've run the football fairly well. Like The offense has been very good. Um, and so Ben Johnson has looked, been looked at as the golden boy. In fact, he was kind of sought after last uh, you know, coaching cycle. 
and he was expected to kind of be in this in this job when yeah. Frank Wright got the and he removed himself, which makes me wonder if he actually is the next look on this because one thing that I've realized uh, very quickly in David Tepper's uh, tenure, where he is, I believe, moved on from four coaches already, um, is that there's not a lot of patience there. And I look up, and I, I guess I'll, let me phrase this as a question for you. Do you look at this job and think that it's good money? Because I look at this job mm-hmm. and I say, oh, no, that's not good money, right? Because you, you're, you're, you're kind of locked into a quarterback. Yep. At that point, it'll be a second-year quarterback who hasn't looked great, right? And maybe we can talk about the reasons why he hasn't looked great, but he hasn't. Um, there's not a lot of talent around them, and you utilize your first-round pick in order to get that quarterback. So you don't have as much of the draft capital as you would like to put things around them. And on top of that, if you really want to get deep into this, the front office, and this is where I think Frank Reich is getting some of the bad deal. He hasn't demonstrated in any way that I believe that he is like the right answer for head coach. But the front office has not necessarily been good with the draft picks that they have made. Like, there's a lot of dudes you can look around and go, oh, that is, if not a bust, bust adjacent, right? Yeah. Um, I can start naming them off, but there's a lot of them. There's like Tommy Tremble, there's Barkevious Mingo, there's like some dudes that you look up and you go, actually, that hasn't really worked out all too well. And so you're going into it, you'd be going into a situation where I think the best reason to take this job is because there's only 32 of them, right? That would be, that'd be the best reason. Yeah. And so with that being the case, just because you got to the market early on this firing does not mean that you're going to get a great uh, a great uh, person to fill that role. And that really stinks for Carolina, but not my job, I guess. <laughs> it does stink for Carolina because, like you mentioned, he already turned down this job once, did Ben Johnson. And you talk about Tepper. I was reading a little bit about him, and, you know, obviously billionaire, uh, hedge fund guy. And I, I was reading some reporting, I believe it was from The Athletic, that was talking about, you know, they talked to some front office sources and they said that this is a guy that's so used to working with people with balance sheets and stuff, Mm -hmm. and they're accurate 100% of the time, if not 110% of the time. He's not used to guys living and breathing football and coming in and getting things wrong. He, He just thinks that's wrong he thinks that's not okay and that's why a guy like Frank Reich was fired mid-season one and done not even a full one and done so it's going to be interesting to see when these interviews start happening they're going to get some big names coming into the building and chatting but who are they ultimately going to end up with and I don't think it's good money to answer your question because you mentioned the old Bryce Young thing you might have a good quarterback there we don't really know yet I don't want to pin that against him yet but they have traded away so many assets to get him to the point where it's like, how are you going to help him? How are you going to build around him? How are you going to improve as a team? Because you do have some cornerstones. You have Brian Burns. You have another defensive end, uh, Derek Brown. You have him as well. And then you have the quarterback you think figured out. How can you support the rest of this team? The only way is going to be financially, which you're restricted there in the ser- uh, the salary cap, excuse me. And then uh, you know, obviously the appeal of wanting to play for the Carolina Panthers who right now don't have a head coach. So I think they are a little bit handcuffed right now in terms of their future in more ways than one, and that's really bad for their situation. And can I also add this last portion of it, right? Because we do want to move on a little bit to maybe what it could be there and maybe who could be next on, you know, in the Frank Wright seat of losing your gig. Um, hey, man, again, this is four uh, head coaches that have been moved on from since, what was that, 2019? Is that the year? I believe so. Or it might be sooner, or it might be a, a a longer period of time, but it's it's been you know a very short leash. Like we just mentioned, this is the lo- shortest head coaching tenure, not for an interim since about since like the seventies, right? That also does not engender confidence. If you're coming in and taking a job, 
you want to know that there's some level of commitment to what you're doing and what you're trying to get done. And I understand, again, I want to make it clear. I don't think that Frank Reich was uh, displayed anything that would give you any clear indication that he was the one for this job. However, and this is, I know that there's people that are like, look, man, it makes sense. Once you realize that it's not the dude, when he's not the dude, move on from him, right? Don't waste time. There is some level of like messaging. And I understand it's not the cleanest thing when you're talking about this, where it's like, hey, throw some, throw some time away because of how it looks. However, like appearances do matter, right? We try and pretend like appearances don't matter and things. They do matter. And with that being the case, if you want a good candidate, they're going to have to, your job has to be appealing to them as well. And what they are, what I imagine a lot of people will look up and see is an owner that does not have a level of patience for you. And whether that is true or not, that is going to be the appearance. And so the best of, you know, the hiring cycle out there, we can bring up Ben Johnson. We can bring up Shane Waldron, who's actually been really good offensively Mm -hmm. with uh, the Cowboys next opponent, the Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. We can bring up, uh, you know, a golden boy, Bobby Slowick, who, hey, he's doing great things with a young quarterback that you would love to see happen with your young quarterback. I imagine that those guys have opportunities being hot commodities at any any job that they want. And so if better jobs come up, come up, those are going to appeal more. Now, names maybe like one that I think would be interesting, who has already interviewed this for this job, might be ones that make a little sense. Can I interest you, Alec Medford, in the next Panthers head coach being the Chargers offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore? <laughs> oh, man. I could totally see it. I could totally see it because it felt like after Moore took that Chargers job, the way we had heard people talking about him still around the league, it's like it's inevitable that this guy is going to get a shot somewhere and very soon for a head coaching opportunity because, look, the Chargers have not put together a great season, not shockingly, because I think their head coach should be the next one getting the boot in Brandon Staley. That's right. But – For the most part, the offense is still putting up Kellen Moore-like numbers for the most part. Correct. So, I could totally see a team like the Carolina Panthers saying, hey, they made Justin Herbert look good. They can make this guy look good. Wow. And the Justin Herbert disrespect. That's great. It made him look good is a little far. I just think that's how David Tepper thinks. I think he is so (laughs) short-fused. I think he is so... Uh, just quick with his observations that he's just going to be like, hey, Justin Herbert had a great year. Here's $4 million a season on a four-year contract, Kellen Moore. I could totally see it. Yeah, I, and I think that they go offensive uh, because, again, the biggest job is trying to get the most out of that quarterback, I think. Um, and so with that being the case, I think they go offensive. I think that Kellen Moore has been a guy who has been out here in these uh, coaching interview streets and hasn't necessarily come up with one just yet. And so maybe he's a little bit more prone to the, this is the one that's out here. And that's why I go with that one. I don't know exactly uh, what they do, and I'll be interested to see how that falls out. But I'm with you on the next guy being Brandon Staley. Because the thing that I point to is that the fans are not on his side, which is one thing. The media is also now taking fully the perspective of the fans where it's antagonistic. Mm -hmm. And he's getting out in these these pressers talking crazy. (laughs) And so with that being the case, right, like you are play caller for a defense that is bad. You are also doing things that like the smart football people are looking and they're like, why are you doing that? I don't see any allies for him is basically the short version of what I'm what I'm building up to. I don't see any allies for him ultimately. And he he already did the thing where he had someone on his staff following their sword for him. Hello. uh, Was it Joe Lombardi? Yep. Who was previously offensive coordinator at this point? Like there's no one else to fall besides you. And so with that being the case, 
Thanks for stopping by the booth, Brandon Staley. Have a good time at your next destination. <laughs> and on that same sentiment, as we wrap this conversation up, if we're going to talk about, you know, someone falling on the sword and then they are the next domino to fall and then it's like, okay, you got to be the head coach or you got to be as the head coach, the next thing to fall. You got to look at the Washington Commanders as well. New ownership mm. that is ready to kind of reface the organization and try to alter the perception nationally of mm-hmm. this team. They think they might have their guy in Sam Howell, to which I say they might. They actually might have a dude in Sam Howell. I'm okay with saying that. He is you, definitely a dude. I can say that. He, he is Sam a dude. Sam Howell, a dude. That is a statement. And I don't know if they have a dude in Ron Rivera because you fired Jack Del Rio after the Cowboys absolutely smoked that defense. And a little late, if you ask me. It has been a little late. And that was kind of the one guy that could fall on the sword for Rivera for giving up all those points when Sam Howell was out here throwing 45 pass attempts a game and actually looking pretty good in some efforts. So that was the one guy that I was like, he's gone. If he's gone next, Rivera is surely the next domino to fall. And I don't think it happens during the season. I don't think any coaching firings happen the rest of the season. Hmm. Honestly, I think we make it to the off season and then it's going to be one of those things. Or and then we even, have the Black Monday. Exactly. Yes. I think it's going to be right when the season ends. It's going to be, you know, we're going to get two guys booted in one day. I could see that happening. Okay. I think also with the Ron Rivera thing is his his usefulness as what he was bringing to the organization is now passed under uh, the old guy, Dan Snyder. Uh, Dan Snyder, if you don't know, uh, kind of operated like a deplorable human being. Yeah. And so what they needed was a good face to cover all that. And you know who's a good face? Ron Rivera, mm-hmm. right? He was he was operated as a good face to be able to cover this. He even fought cancer, all that in between. Now that you have Dan Snyder out there, he has, you know, kind of, you know, had his battle with cancer and he is on the other side of that for the time being, right? I understand how cancer works at times for folks. Um, you look up, you're like, now we just need you to be a football coach. And oh, yeah, you're not good at that. And so, yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. So there you have it. A look at the coaching carousel as another domino falls after Josh McDaniels. It is Frank Reich out in Carolina. We'll see what's next for them and who is next to get that cardboard box laying in their chair when they go back to work the next day. And coming up next, we're going to keep the football conversation going. Take a trip around the NFL where, yes, in 2023, Joe Flacco might be back and the Miami Dolphins get some shorthanded help. I'll tell you how next on the fans. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Just announced Classic Chevrolet and Grapevine's one-time trailblazer offload. A limited supply of new excess new trailblazer models will be sold direct to the public below market value. See them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. Don't wait. The best sell fast. Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads. Back here on the Get Right, about to take a trip around the NFL, get you some of the latest updates on some injuries and some signings and whatnot around the league as we have Monday Night Football going on here in the studios at half. It is an official mid-off, ladies and gentlemen. Three, two, three, knotted up 
at a field goal apiece. Prime time football, baby. Three to three and a half. Get into it. This is gross, nasty business. <laughs> Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings are all knotted up at the half at a field goal apiece. And I can't believe I'm talking about this like I care. So Although, to be fair, right, we saw we saw uh, the Bears have one of them drives that they go smooth down the field and then the field goal, uh, the, the kicker just shanks it. Yeah, and so you know when we, when we talk about mid, they're, not everybody on the team is mid, but they're looking around at the rest of them like, "Hey, can you help me out?" <laughs> the Bears are really good about the you know just perfect drives, and then when they have to score, they're like, "Ah, nah, I'm good." Shout out to everybody that, uh, due to proximity or familial uh, relations, is attached to one or both of these teams. Um, condolences, sincerely. Yeah, I'm thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Thoughts and prayers. That's Let's right. take a trip around the NFL here. On the get right, where we have a few interesting nuggets coming out of the NFL tonight. And let's start in Cleveland, where we're talking about the coaching carousel. How about a quarterback carousel out there for the Browns as uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is in concussion protocol after taking a big hit in the loss at Denver. So he is likely not going to play this coming week. So who do you call? Joe Flacco looks to be in line. There is a, quote, very real chance that he starts this week, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Uh, Cleveland signed the 2013 Super Bowl MVP last week (laughs) as protection in case DTR either flopped or got hurt, and now they might actually need him. I still, just you saying 2013 Super Bowl MVP is so hilarious to me because he really did just have one one month. He's like, I just got to do one month of great play, and I'm set. And he has been, right? He got his payday. He's still out here getting out here in a – I don't know how good that is, getting out here playing football, but, I mean, they'll give him checks for it. Yeah. And so uh, God bless him. God bless Joe Flacco, who <laughs> otherwise was just like, you know, a fine quarterback, made sure that he had one month of elite play, and he was like, we're good. We're set. We're good forever. And now he gets that get out here. And you know what's funny enough? Joe Flacco, if he is any semblance of, like, decent, which I, I probably should just go back to when he played for the Jets and find out that, oh, he probably isn't. Um, but if he's any semblance of decent, that's kind of what the Browns need, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Like, the defense is going to handle most of this. If you can make this look okay, then uh, you'll be in a pretty good place. And you mentioned the defense. A quick note on that as well. Miles Garrett was seen leaving the locker room after the game last week uh, with a bit of a shoulder That's issue. Right, I forgot about that. Well, never mind. Cancel Christmas is over. Yes, <laughs> he was saying that uh, he felt a pop in his shoulder and couldn't really lift it very far. He was leaving the locker room in a sling, but according to the NFL Network, he is said to be okay and should be good to go uh, for their next matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. So, good news there, bad news probably for the Cleveland Browns is that DTR is hurt and in concussion protocol, probably not going to go this week, meaning Joe Flacco may get the nod there. Coach Kevin Stefanski offered no clues today after practice heading into this week's game against the Rams, but it appears that the 38-year-old Flacco will be his best option. I do feel bad for some of these quarterbacks that are like, oh, and I can't get a call back? We still we yes. still run we still run Flacco out here. Okay, yeah. All right. All Joe right. Flacco in 2023, in December, nonetheless, almost kind of uh, elsewhere <laughs> in the NFL. I love how I, quickly you just abandoned that. You're I, like, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, I wanted to be December so bad. I'm sorry. I got a don't lot we of all things. right? Yes. Don't we all got text all. in truckwreck.com text line eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Would you rather continue to be November or would you rather be December right now? 
We can well, let's see if we can make this amendment. Let's uh, yeah. consider consider the text line change.org. Let's see if we can get enough signatures. Yes. It's after, beginning to look a lot like Christmas. All right. After November. Okay. Yeah. That's fair play because we're after Food's birthday. Food's birthday. I love that. Yeah, after the 26th of November, it's just straight into December. December 1st, 1B, 1C, whatever the math checks out to be. I'm okay with it. Elsewhere around the NFL, uh, we did have some news that the Miami Dolphins will be without Jalen Phillips for a while, so they added a big name, but they will still be shorthanded as they signed Jason Pierre-Paul off of the Saints practice squad and onto the 53-man roster, so JPP gets another shot on an active roster. You know you're wrong for that, right? I mean, I'm technically right. It is the best kind of correct, but so that's real, that's real nasty. I listen to the you. show. I listen to the show. Okay, uh, and he's a Florida native, so he lands in Miami just a couple of hours away from home. So not too bad of a situation to join a pretty good Dolphins team that's having a lot of fun out there, uh, just raining terror on the NFC East, except for the good teams. That's right. And uh, we can see if he could be any resemblance of help, as they will be without the talented young Jalen Phillips out there in Miami. Also, uh, an interesting note, the Eagles just kind of woke up and decided to cut their edge rusher, Derek Barnett, who was a former high draft pick of theirs, and he got claimed by the Texans today. So I really like that pickup because you know who uh, coaches that football team down there in Houston? That's D'Amico Ryans. He's really good at you know teaching defense and running defenses out there. So I really like that. That's a sneaky good waiver claim pickup for the Texans, but the Eagles out here making some roster moves. And we also heard from Josina Anderson that their interest in Shaq Leonard is essentially growing by the day. Well, yeah. I mean, what you saw in that game against the Bills, I believe one of those late drives that the Bills had was basically entirely a y'all don't got no linebackers drive where they were just like, (laughs) we were going to terrorize you over the middle, running the football and throwing over the middle because they don't. Right. N'Kobe Dean was basically the extent of the linebackers that you can trust to play for the Eagles, and he has been injured. And so, yeah, no, they definitely needed we they definitely needed some linebacker play. And so, yeah, that that is that is a a NFL caliber uh linebacker that the Colts just didn't want to pay at at the same level as he had previously had uh signed that contract for. Uh, under a more reasonable contract, there's a reason why there's all these teams that are looking at him like, "Hey, would you like to come through?" Yeah. And yes, 903. That was definitely a shot at JPP made by Alec Medford. It's just a statement. Alec Medford. Alec on the radio on Twitter. There you go. Check me out there if you want to slander. Um, (laughs) No, like, for the Eagles, it would be a great move, and it makes too much sense to the point where, in case you missed the reporting from multiple outlets earlier today uh, and really bleeding into yesterday, was that Shaq Leonard will be visiting the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow officially to come check things out in Frisco. And if you're the Cowboys, knowing that the Eagles have so many issues at linebacker, you almost want to play keep away. Yeah, but I don't know that you can't. Like, I'm not sure if they're going to be in a place where they're like, we need to give him everything he wants so he can not go in. Yeah, I don't think that that's the level of signing that they're trying to make. Um, Because in a way, this is still a depth signing, right? Like, you have two starting linebackers that you feel good about. um, And then you have Rashawn Evans, who you probably are okay with if you need to step in for certain instances. Um, So I don't know that they're going to be like, yo, Back up the Brinks truck, right? And so I think Stephen Jones was actually talking about that uh, earlier today on on KNC and the idea being like, look, man, he, 
these guys, especially some of them in certain situations, they want to go and see what every, you know, all the offers are available to them. And they're going to respect that, but they're going to try and do what they can and, you know, accentuate the things that they can, like, you know, the fr- Frisco and the star and what it means being in the, you know, playing for the Cowboys and what it means being able to live in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, like all yeah. those things, right? So um, they'll do what they can. Um, can I go back a little bit? Because you did mention Miles Garrett in that shoulder. Yes. And I did uh, want to point out that uh, apparently he didn't suffer any structural damage. So when I, you know, when I did talk about that, uh, at least there is that portion of it where. There's no structural damage to the shoulder. Now, where that goes from there, like how much time is recovered and how much is necessary for him to look like, you know, the bona fide bulldozer that he does all the time. Right. Yeah. Like that's I, I imagine that's somewhat up in, up in the air, like what level of play that he's able to do. But uh, he did say, quote, I've played through things that I should have been should have sidelined me before. I'm going to continue to fight and I'm going to do what's best for the team and for myself. But we have high hopes for the season and what we want to do. Nothing like this is going to hold us back or me back going to find a way to respond. So I guess you anticipate uh, if you want to take Miles Garrett at his word, and I would, that uh, Miles Garrett is going to keep being out here and doing what he does. And it's actually a good point that you bring up there because these shoulder injuries with defensive ends and pass rushers have really plagued them in terms of quantity, but the quality of play for some of these higher-end players that have suffered them and continued to play. We even saw it as recently as a couple years ago with Demarcus Lawrence where he had to get the harness on the shoulder, and then you just saw the motor was there. It was just the strength was not fully there. And in addition, their strength, the hand fighting, like if there's any level of uh, range of mobility issues uh, with the arm, or range of motion rather, um, that hand fighting and all those techniques, like there's a reason why those things are drilled upon. Those are necessary, and so... If any of that is lost, I wonder what it looks like. But I guess also Miles Garrett is the type of dude who has the strength where he could just run through you at times. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what it continues to be. And it, the defense ain't uh, elite in the way that it is right now just because of Miles Garrett. He's a big part. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But there's there's other portions of that. So I'm interested to see how that continues to look going forward. And the last thing around the NFL real quick here, I just want to give flowers to the Jaguars front office because their offensive tackle Cam Robinson suffered a knee injury on Sunday. On Sunday, excuse me. And he has a recovery time of three to six weeks, making him an IR candidate. Remember when they just woke up one day and randomly traded for Ezra Cleveland and everyone was like, how did you get him for that price? And it just turned out that the Vikings were like, yeah, we think we have options that have longer term contracts than him. So we'll ship him out for a mid-round pick. So kudos to the Jaguars for making those heads up plays. I love when teams make under the radar moves like that that end up helping in a major way. And Cleveland has been really good for them this year out there uh, in Jacksonville. So uh, that's a big blow for them, but they should be fine. And they're starting to look a little bit better, are those Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and company. So Yeah, uh, I, f- I feel like we should call it, uh, was it Josh Allen and company? Because Josh Allen, yes. defensive uh, pass rusher, yes. Josh Allen, uh, has been a monster. Yeah. Like, the whole defense is like, they didn't really make a lot of uh, changes when it comes to personnel outside of what you're talking about. Yeah. Except those guys just got better. Like exactly. They just got better over an additional year, and now that is that is a defense-led team, as much as we want to talk about Trevor Lawrence. It's cool to see when teams just buy into the development process of their guys, and it pays off, and it's exactly what's happening in Jacksonville. That's your trip around the NFL. Uh, some different things going on in terms of personnel, and I can't believe I have to say that Joe Flacco might be back on an NFL field in 2023. You know you're wrong for that 903 they texted in JPP should definitely give that defense a pop. Leave that man alone, okay? Can you can you not can you not do that? 
that defense is fireworks now, man. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's All right. the get Send right break. here on 105.3 The Fan. And coming up next, truckrick.com text line 877-881-1053 to answer this question. What is your biggest concern with the Dallas Mavericks at this point in the season? Let us know on the truckrick.com text line, Twitch, and YouTube. We'll do that next here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 